And we decided to kind of do something a little bit different this morning. As you know, um, sometimes you wake up and you realize that life took a different turn. <laughs> and that's kind of what happened here. But, you know, as, as Pastor Aaron and myself were talking about this service, um, even just about an hour ago when we were talking in his office, you know, there's, there's just kind of an excitement that we have for what we know God can do in these moments. You know, it says that we, could, we can plan all we want, uh, but it's the Lord that orders our steps. Amen? You guys, there's a few of you in the, in the house here today, so we're going to need you, need you to help a little bit. But. I think anyone that lived through 2020 should say amen to that. Like <laughs> yes. We, we know that, you know, things change, but, yeah. but God is sovereign. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Here, here's what we're going to do today. I, I asked Pastor Chris, I said, hey, join me. Join me today, and let's have a conversation. And it, it's not for lack of material, I can promise you. The hard thing, I said, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, you're going to have to help me to not keep everybody here for two hours because, you know, what else are we going to do today? We, the snow's falling. But I believe that we're going to have a really significant conversation here about God's purpose and his plan for our lives. God has a purpose and a plan, no doubt, uh, that is sovereign over nations, over kingdoms, over presidents, over uh, people groups. But he also has a plan that is very unique. And that it's very specific to my life and to your life. And I was looking in scripture uh, just last night at a story in the Old Testament. And in just a few moments, we're going to go to Exodus chapter 31. And and we're going to look at a little snapshot of what it looks like for God to have a purpose and a plan for your life. But as we get ready to jump into that, for those of you that are online with us, and maybe this is a a new experience for some of you, I want to encourage you. And here's my hope for today. Uh, that, that we can all pray together, that we can have a time of corporate prayer. Now, here's what I know about the church I pastor. Some people don't like to speak out loud. They don't like to be called on. They certainly don't want to lead in a prayer circle. But it's amazing the courage that we find behind our keyboards, yeah. isn't it? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> people that won't say a word to you, well, they'll shock you with what they're willing to say <laughs> online. And so I hope we can spiritualize that yeah. and that we can have an opportunity to pray for each other. So... Uh, even if you're in the room and you say, you know what, I want to see what's happening uh, online, just turn your volume all the way down on your phone and you can log on if you want to join us in Facebook. But, but we're going to pray at the end of this devotional time. We're going to pray for one another. So I want to say now, <clears throat> if you have a need, if you have something you'd like for us to pray with you about, put it in the chat. Put it in the comment section and let us know. Uh, my wife, Day, is... Uh, serving as an online host, and we're seeing that, and obviously all of you are seeing it. In fact, I'm trying to pull up the service right now just so I can know who I'm talking to. There's about 75 devices that are plugged in and ready to go, and I know that represents several families that are casting this on their TV or sitting around the laptop computer. So we're going to just, we're going to worship together. We're going to have community together. So I want you to know that's our heart as we move into this. Yeah. Uh, and even before we get to move into this, uh, I know Day will be posting a, an opportunity to give online as well. Um, and those of you that are in the room, you can certainly do that uh, on the way out here. And we'll put that up on the screen. Absolutely. And also, obviously, as you can see behind us, we're not having Football Sunday today. I know Pastor shared that at the beginning. But for those that are tuning on right now, um, next week, we plan on having Football Sunday. Now, next week is, is not the Super Bowl, for the record. <laughs> it is the Pro Bowl, but it's not the Super Bowl. But we just felt impressed upon our hearts that this is such a significant opportunity for us just to invite some friends and family to be a part of these services. And whether you're into football or you're not into football, uh, we can promise you from what we had already planned that we're excited for what that's going to look like. There's going to be some powerful testimonies next week. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Let, uh, let somebody know and be a part of that next weekend with us. And let me just echo what Pastor Chris said. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving. Last year, you know, with all of the quarantine and shutting down, I was just so amazed at the faithfulness of God's people. Um, Our online giving, just the the number of people that gave online went from like 20% to 50% uh, at the end of the first week of quarantine, the mandatory quarantine back in March, which uh, just tells me that that, uh, faithfulness is worth the inconvenience. Yeah. You know, that, that a large majority of our church didn't say, I, I don't really prefer that method. You know, I'll just, uh, I'll give when we come back together. So glad you didn't because we didn't know we weren't coming back together for a quarter of the year. But uh, so thank you for, for giving whatever method you use to do that. Let's yeah. jump right in to the scripture here. And we'll get to Exodus 31, but I want to give you kind of a, an anchor point and that really was the catalyst for my thoughts 
moving in this direction. My middle daughter, Macy, uh, was recognized by her school this, <clears throat> this week. She received a scholastic award for a poem that she wrote. It was submitted in a national contest, and they recognized her and had her read that poem in front of her uh, class, class there uh, this past week. And, and, and it reminded me of a scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And I was just so thankful for the gifts of God in her life. And, and I went back to Ephesians 2.10. I'm going to read it to you, and then I'm going to tell you why, why her poem inspired me to go to this verse. Here's what it says, Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. <clears throat> to do. Again, I want to say as an umbrella thought, God has a unique purpose for your life, for my life, individually. This verse, Paul says, God has made us his handiwork. Now, what's interesting about that verse is that the English word that we use, poem, is a translation of the Greek word that was translated handiwork. Same word. So, in other words, if you bear with me, we could read it like this. For we are God's poetry. That's good. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for us to do. <clears throat> I know there are a lot of football fans, and we're not going to really talk football today, but, but you've heard the expression used before, you know, when, uh, when maybe it's the, the final minute of a game, and a quarterback just commands the field and, and, and directs traffic and, and, and moves down and marches down the field and scores a game-winning touchdown. They will often say it, it's like poetry in motion. Mm -hmm. it, it's poetry in motion or, or scrambling and, and just making a play, willing it into existence, and, and all of a sudden it happens. And whether it's in the realm of, of the arts or athletics, we've all seen something that we would maybe grab that expression, poetry in motion. And what I want to say to us today is that when we're operating in the gifting and the calling of God in our life, when you are fulfilling your unique God-given purpose, it's poetry yeah. in motion. We are God's poetry created in Christ to do good works. Now, we're not saved by those works, but we are saved for those works. Yeah. So you doing good things for God doesn't earn salvation, but we're going to kind of move past the point of salvation in our conversation and recognize that God didn't just save you to get you out of something. He, he saved you to call you into something. Yeah. Amen? We have a purpose, and God wants you to fulfill that purpose. Yeah. So we aren't <laughs> saved by those works, but we're saved for works. That's it. And actually, if you look in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, that's why it shows first is salvation, and it shows that we've been created for those, those good works. And as we move into uh, Exodus 31, we'd encourage you, if you are in the room, to open there right at the very beginning. Um, of that book, um, Pastor is going to share just a couple, a couple thoughts that kind of wrap into this. Let's read it, and then um, we'll unpack it a little bit today. Ex Exodus thirty-one, verse one. Well, let's just start at verse two, down through six. Here's what it says: See, I have chosen Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Moreover, verse 6, I have appointed Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan, to help him. Also, I have given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that just ministered to your soul so much. <laughs> thinking, where are we going with yeah. this? I, I, let me give you a little context, all right? From, from a leadership standpoint, Moses is receiving these instructions from God. And if you've tried to read through the book of Exodus, you probably know that before chapter 31, Moses gets instructions on on how to make the anointing oil. I mean, they had to have a certain recipe. He gets instructions on the wash basin that yeah. they're supposed to use. He gets instructions on the garments that the priests are supposed to wear, the utensils that they're supposed to use, the, 
the length of the curtains in the tabernacle, how high the tent is supposed to be, how you're supposed to carry the ark. I mean, it's overwhelming. Moses is getting all this download from the Lord, and he's saying, Moses, this is what I want you to do. Yeah. And, and the instructions are so specific because the earthly tabernacle that he's building is a prototype yeah. of the heavenly tabernacle. And so he's saying, Moses, get this right. And when I was, when I was reading through Exodus this year, I just... I thought, man, he must have felt like Noah looking at the blueprints for the ark. Like, this is going to take 120 years. Like, this is a lot of detail. And and as a leader, I just started feeling the weight. The pressure, yeah. I've felt that so many times uh, in in my own ministry to go, God, I I can't do all this. I I don't know how this is going to work even this morning. We were on the phone with leaders. Uh, if we have church today, could we get kids' church workers? Well, not the ones coming from over the hill. <laughs> well, well, do we have anybody to, to greet people? Well, I don't know if they're going to make it. Well, what about a worship team? Are we going to have a band this morning? And, and I started feeling that again last night and this morning, yeah. that reality that I can't, I can't do all this. And I think that's where Moses was. Mm. And all of a sudden, the Lord speaks to him. And in verse 2 through 6, he gives five I have statements. Yeah. In other words, five times God says, this is what I've done. Yeah. And I've done it for a purpose. So we're going to unpack the five I have statements that God gives to him. I do have to admit that if you're doing like the Bible in a year reading plan, these, this is like the moment in Scripture, I'll just be honest with you, where, where I kind of hit the middle of Exodus and go like, okay, speed read that one, speed read this part, right? Like, you kind of like, all right, like we, we see about the priests, you know, the breast piece, the garments, and and so when we hit times like this, I just want to encourage you even today, and maybe you've heard this before, I, I have to lean in, and sometimes that's like a, an active thing. And so I want to encourage you today, maybe you've heard this before, maybe you've seen these names before, maybe you've thought about this before, but I believe that today God really wants to speak a word to you out of these five things. Here's the first one. This is God's plan for every Christian. Number one, it's right there in verse two. He said, I have chosen Bezalel. You are chosen by God. Mm. That's significant. Specifically, this guy, when you read his credentials, you realize uh, he, he, he's not called to be a pastor. Bezalel is a craftsman. He's, he's a guy that has a different skill set than Moses. Now, Moses, you know, he was a shepherd. He was a leader. There was things he could do. But could you imagine if Moses was, was trying to do all the things yeah. that God was asking? And so God says, no, here's what I want you to understand. Everybody in the body of Christ is chosen by God. Yeah, that's good. <clears throat> John 15, verse 16, Jesus says this to his disciples and to us. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Even in Ephesians 1, I was talking this morning with Pastor, and I just thought of Ephesians 1.11, says, in him we were also chosen. Talking about the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ at the beginning of this book, Paul's writing and says, in him we were chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. That, that might remind you even of Romans 8.28, where it says all things, God works all things for the good. It's not that all things are good, he works all things for the good to the conformity of his will. We've certainly felt that in the past year with, a lot, with a lot of different things. So, But the reality that, that, that you and I need to keep coming back to is that uh, you are chosen by God, but secondly, you're not chosen for the same specific talent, for the same specific job. How many times have we disqualified ourselves from being used by God because we looked at the way God was using somebody else. Yeah. I, I mean, even when I look at other leaders, even people that have the same title or operating the same gifting that I operating in as a, as a pastor, there are things that, that they do. There's a reason they do what they do where they do it, and it has to do with the calling of God on your life. I can only pastor this church. I believe that. There's only one like you, pastor. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> You're very unique, I'll tell you that. But, but I have a... A call on my life, and, and as we as we dive into some of these unique callings of God and the way He gifts us and equips us for that, we have to start with this foundational thought that that I I'm called, you yeah. are called by God. Now you maybe haven't answered that call yet, and that's something you need to allow the Holy Spirit to to deal with you in. If you're if you're serving the Lord and you're bored, mm. 
you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Hear that today. If you're trying to be a Christian and you're just bored with it, God has a work for you. Yes. God has an assignment. And here's the goodness of God. When he chose you, he knew your personality. Yeah. When he chose you, he knew your giftings. Some people are like, oh, I don't know if I want to answer the call of God because I could never do what you do. Well, you probably never should. (laughs) Yeah. And there's things you can do that I shouldn't even try. But if you're bored, you're not doing it right. Jesus did not call us to just, you know, bide time on a padded pew (laughs) and wait for his coming. You know, he said, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest or have it more abundantly. So if you're bored, that's not abundant living. You need to lean in to say, God, what have you called me to? What have you chosen me for? First and foremost, it's a relationship. If you don't know him, the good news is he loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you. But as you lean into that, as you embrace relationship, I want to promise you the next step is obedience. He's going to begin to call something out in you. I I can't even... Think, I think about like the football analogy. You know, you have some guys that are on the bench. They're the second string and some guys that are out on the field. And you know what? God wants everybody on the field. Right. There's nobody wants on the bench. There's no like team A, team yeah. B. Everybody should be on the field playing the game. Amen. Amen. That's right. That's great. Let's go to the second one here. And the second thought comes out of verse three. <clears throat> it says, talking about Bezalel, and I have filled him with the spirit of God. Mm. I tell you, part of God's purpose for your life is that you be filled with the Spirit of God. Yeah. He's talking to Moses, and he says, look, I, I know what being filled with the Spirit like, looks like in your life. Moses saw a burning bush. Moses s- stuttered. He had stammering speech, but, but God raised him up. God spoke through him. He said, hold your staff in the air. I'm going to use it. So Moses has a context for what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit. But God says, here's what I want you to know. I've also filled Bezalel with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I have a purpose for his life. So you need to know, regardless of what your experience has been up to this point, God's desire is that you be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Now, let me say about that. If you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. Good. I don't want you to get lost in, in church lingo, in church grammar. Some people, you know, get confused. Do, do, I have, do I have the Holy Spirit or do I have, you know, Jesus? Well, I can promise you, you don't have a 33-year-old Jewish man living inside of you right now. A little creepy. You have the Spirit of Jesus, yeah. the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. All those names are synonymous. He is the Spirit of the Lord. Mm. Uh, let, me, let me give a scripture real quick out of John chapter 14 that kind of clarifies what it means to have the Spirit and to be filled with the Spirit. Jesus speaking, he hasn't gone to the cross yet, he hasn't died for the sins of the world, but yet his disciples have been journeying with him and even doing ministry. He had sent them out, they came back, they were active in the ministry, but the Holy Spirit hadn't come yet on the day of Pentecost. Here's what Jesus said in John 14, verse 17. He said, the Spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you, and he will be in you. So he's talking to Christians, saying the Holy Spirit's with you. Did you feel him in worship today? As we prayed, the the Holy Spirit's with us. But Jesus went on in John 14 uh, to tell the disciples, I'm going away. And they were grieved. That's why he said in the beginning of the chapter, don't let your heart be troubled. It's good that I go away, because if I go away, the Holy Spirit can come. And he was speaking of an encounter on the day of Pentecost. And the Word of God tells us in in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus is speaking. This is the resurrected Lord now. He's already conquered death, hell, and the grave. He's he's revealed himself to his disciples. And in Acts 1, chapter 8, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And why? Why do we need that power? Why do we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? If the Holy Spirit was already living with them, then he explains why, and he gives them really the outline for the rest of the book of Acts right here in this verse. He says, and you will be my witnesses <coughs> in Judea, in, Ju- in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus was saying there is a, a power that is going to rest on your life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the purpose for that power is because God wants you to fulfill a role. He's chosen you. 
I'm so thankful that God doesn't call us to do something that he doesn't equip us to do. Yeah, amen. But if he chose you, he has resources available for you. And he says, I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he says, this man, Bezalel, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it gave him a, a unique capability in this moment. Like, this is what his witness was supposed to be, his empowerment. You know, I even think of in Numbers chapter 11, Moses even had a moment where he, he had given out the power of the Holy Spirit upon some people to prophesy and all these things. And, and almost as in, as if he's looking forward, he says, and you know what? Because Joshua came to me and said, hey, there's people over there. They're prophesying, and they weren't even, like, hanging out with us. And Moses is like, great. I wish everybody would have the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus actually said the exact same thing. You know, I, I, want, I want everybody to have this power and to be enabled to do these things. That's, That's a good thought. <clears throat> and, and it really leads to the third one. Uh, because when Jesus said in Acts 1.8, you know, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That word power, uh, it, it can mean, it can mean uh, the word is dunamis, and it can mean, you know, an explosive power. It can mean something that's, and, and, you know, as Pentecostals, we like that idea. Like, yeah, do something explosive, you know, which to us translates as like really loud music or some outward, you know, expression or manifestation. Like, let's get hyped up because it's power, it's power. But the word can also be translated, and that's not a bad translation, by the way. I'm all for it. I said before you guys got here, I said there might be three people in the room today. I don't know. But if one of them gets excited and runs around the building, we'll know we're having church. <laughs> and sometimes we look for that to be a demonstration of the power of God. But that word can also be translated as capability. Yeah. Capability. And I think that's a great translation of what Jesus was saying. Right now, you've got the Spirit with you. You've been taught. You've been, you've been in my three-year seminary program, <laughs> Jesus intensive discipleship program. But he says the Holy Spirit is going to come on you and he's going to give you capability yeah. to be my witnesses. And I believe that's what the Lord was saying to Moses when he said, I've, I've put the, I have put the spirit of the Lord on Bezalel. Yeah. I've given him capability. Yeah. And so the third thing is this, God has given you ability. Yeah. Every believer, this is God's purpose and plan for your life. Not only has he chosen you, not only does he want you to be full of his spirit, but he's given you ability. And it's right there at the end of, or the middle of verse 6 of Exodus 31. It says, also, I have given ability to all the skilled workers. I, I love that phrase because we often think of supernatural ability as what happens at the altar or what happens from the platform. But the Holy Spirit wants you to know today that he has given you ability to do something skillfully. Yeah. It's even the ability to set a stone. <laughs> like, think, it's the same ability to set a stone as it was to, to prophesy or to do some of these other things. And sometimes we're looking for a specific thing. And let me just tell you, you're unique. Amen. You're extremely unique. And, and I'm reminded all the time. I mean, even when we go to our ministers' conferences, I, I, I love all of our ministers, but I always walk away going, wow, God uses a lot of different people. <laughs> you know, not everybody's like me. Right. And I think sometimes in, in, the, in the church, we can kind of ultimately kind of fall into the alignment with what we see or what we're feeling. Yeah. And there's times where you go like, yeah, but I wish there was more of this. It's because you sense and you feel, you know, some of the things that you're frustrated by and some of the things that you're fired up by, you know, as we were talking about, are the things that like, wow, that's what God has given you a unique ability to, to do during this time. I remember when I first felt the call to ministry, mm -hmm. and I shared this at one point when um, I was in an upper room and, and they, were, they were praying, and they were actually praying about somebody else, and and. They had prayed specific words, and I felt it in my heart. I started crying. I'm weeping up against the corner of the room trying to hide myself, you know. But when I came out of there, my wife saw the tears in my eyes, and she said, what, what happened up there? And I said, well, I, I really believe that I, I'm feeling the call to be in vocational ministry. Mm. I said, isn't that great? And she started crying. She's like, no. She's like, no, I don't want to be some poor destitute missionary on some third world country. She's just, like, got this picture in her mind on what ministry looked like. And that's what we do unintentionally is we just think like somebody who's been gifted a specific, unique ability and a call upon their life, we think we have to look or feel like that. And honestly, even as a pastor's wife, she can struggle with that. Sorry, honey, if you're watching online, I'm using you as a, an example. But, but that's so true. Sometimes we fit people into a mold, and, and uh, I'm, I'm bad about that as well sometimes. But 
even Kathy, you're here in the room, and I remembered you were sharing. Like, you're like, oh, no, he's calling people out now. Yeah. Um, but I remember during one of the prayer meetings that you made a statement when you stood up, you got a chance to go down to D.C., and that was so awesome for, for what you were praying for and everything like that, and you made a statement. You just said, I realize not everybody is able to do what I do. And that's such a, a humbling word, a humbling phrase to realize that not everybody's meant to do it this way or to go in this direction because you've been gifted very uniquely with specific abilities. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, we could camp out on this one all day. And I, I just want to double back to something you just mentioned because uh, I, I feel like maybe somebody might have missed it. Sometimes we, we feel, you know, you can say amen to this word, I'm called by God. Uh, that, that God has given me ability, but you can still leave frustrated going, I don't know what I'm called to. Mm. Like, God, what do you want me to do? And, and, and something Pastor Chris just mentioned is that sometimes the indication of our calling is what fires us up. Yeah. You know, and I mentioned this earlier, I want to double back to it. When God chose you, he, he, didn't just cre- he didn't just create you for a purpose, as Ephesians 1 and 2 says, uh, by creating your, you know, your five senses, you know, your smell, your, your taste, your touch. And he, he, he did more than just give you, you know, fingers and toes and, and appendages. No, when he created you, he created your emotions. Mm. He created your passions, your desires. This is why you don't have to be afraid of answering the call of God, because it says in Ephesians 1, as we read earlier, he, he foreknew yeah. what he chose you for. And so, you know, if, if you're a person like Bezalel and you're like, I just want to work with my hands, you know, I, I just love to build stuff, I love to do stuff, then, then that's an indication. What fires you up is, a, is a, an indicator of what God has called you to. Mm-hmm. The other side of that is sometimes our calling is communicated by our frustration. Mm-hmm. You know, I was telling Pastor Chris as we were talking about this this morning. How frustrated he was with me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm saying, I, you know, I, I feel sometimes, uh, for a long time, I felt spiritually immature if I went to an event and, uh, and the worship was terrible and the musicians were playing bad notes and nobody had the harmony parts and uh, the lyrics were wrong, and I'm looking around the room, and pe- other people are just worshiping. They're just like, they're just serving, and I'm so irritated, <laughs> like at the lack of skill yeah. that I, I'm not entering in, and I felt so much conviction about, I was like, man, I'm such a shallow guy, like, I, <laughs> you know, and, and then people go, you know what, you ought to just be able to ju- just make a joyful noise, just bless the Lord. I'm like, yeah, but could you not make it with a microphone? <laughs> like, you're making it hard. For me, and then I realized something. My frustration was revealing my calling. Mm, That's good. Like, God gave Bezalel the ability. Now, I'm going to tell you, the Holy Spirit might fall on me today, but you probably don't want me to rebuild your engine. Like, (laughs) like, don't get me under the hood of a car. I don't have any skill for that. So the Holy Spirit knows who you are. He purposed you and planned gifts for your life. And, and the, the gifting and the Holy Spirit empowerment is going to fit so well with yeah. your personality that you're never going to have to uh, feel like you've lost anything by fully surrendering to the plan of God for your life. Yeah. In fact, that's what Jesus meant when he said, you know, I'm going to give you life to the fullest. The most satisfying life that you could ever have is the one that's fully surrendered to the plan of God. Amen. Yeah, that's good. And so God gives us abilities. And, yeah. and let me just say this and we'll move on. You might be in a difficult situation right now, and you might be facing circumstances that are beyond your control. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are. A lot of people, especially in this uh, climate that we're living in with, with all, all things COVID-19 and, and, and places of business being shut down or closed and financial strain, and, and on and on it goes. And, and we can get in situations that, that we just say, you know, this is a tough place, and it's not my fault. And, and, and maybe it's not, and that's okay. But I just want to say to you, you, you might not be responsible, but you are responsible. Mm. Yeah. In other words, God has gifted you. He's given you the ability. He's filled you with his Holy Spirit to thrive in your circumstance. Yeah, that's really good. It, it's so easy to think that, you know, we're, we're thriving in our service to the Lord when things are going well. Yeah. But, you know, in Jeremiah 29, the people were in captivity. They were in Babylon. Things were not going well. Yeah. And, and the prophet said, it's not going to go well for the next 70 years. <laughs> but here's what I want you to do. I want you to thrive in the land. Yeah. I want you to build homes. I want you to raise families. 
I want you to plant crops. I want you to pray for the prosperity yeah. of the nation that you're living in. Why? Yeah. Because if they prosper, you're you going to prosper. prosper. Yeah. And so maybe you're in one of those places where you go, I'm not responsible. I didn't ask for this. I didn't vote for this. Yeah. It's not my fault. But I am response-able. Yeah. And let me tell you this. And Ecclesiastes says this. To everything there is a season. Listen, I've had dry seasons. Yeah. COVID-19 was a dry season for me. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Uh, but to everything, there is a season. And when you feel those dry seasons, you know what I find when I look back is those are honing moments that That's God good. is That's helping good. to hone your yeah. giftings, your talents, your abilities, that those things can be coupled with the Holy Spirit to work in a greater way when you move into the next season that God has for you. And so I know there's a lot of people right now who have felt a dry season. You know, the, the, they are just not able to do when, when we're saying, like, get on the field, be on the team, and you're going, I'm trying. <laughs> like, I, I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. My hands are tied. And, and I just think, don't you think the Apostle Paul felt like his hands were tied? Or, or Peter felt like his hands were tied? Or Stephen, as he's being stoned, <laughs> his hands were tied? And yet still, the Holy Spirit was still moving. They, they were still being led by the Spirit, even in their abilities and their gifts. And so this may be a honing season. If that's the way you're feeling here. That's so good. That's so good. And, and let me just say, uh, as we go to number four here, the Holy Spirit is so creative. Don't limit the operation of the Holy Spirit in your life to what you've seen mm. in other people. The Lord said, behold, I do a new thing. Shall you not perceive it? And, and if uh, this last year has taught me anything, it's that I better be flexible for new things. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or we can just, you know, we can just sit around and wait for things to go back to normal, whatever normal was, right? We always want to go back to normal, and we forget, like, how much, like, the normal we're asking for, we were complaining about when we lived there. We're like, yeah, I yeah. want to go back to that. I was always abnormal, <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> so I just want to encourage you, as you read about a guy in Exodus 31 who had a very unique skill set mm. for craftsmanship and and in, in jewelry and carving things, you have a skill set. You have something you can do. And, and it, may, it, may even be, it may even be parenting. And may, maybe, you know, you're a stay-at-home mom and you're thinking, well, you know, I don't, really, I don't really have a lot to offer. Listen, the greatest work you might do for the Lord might not be something that you do. It might be someone you raise. Amen. That's good. How many of you know it's a skill set to raise godly young champions in the kingdom of God? Amen. So you are skilled and called by God for a purpose. Let's look at the fourth one here. The fourth one comes in, in the first part of verse 6, and here's what it says. It's another I have statement. Moreover, I have appointed Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach of the tribe of Dan, to help him. Here's what you need to know. This is God's plan for every person in the kingdom. God has assigned others to help you. Amen. Yeah, two yeah. times. Amen. Yes. God has assigned other people to help you. There's no lone rangers in the kingdom of God. Yes. I don't know why we even say that. Even the lone ranger had Tonto. <laughs> we need people's help. Yeah. And, and I just feel the burden that, that Moses must have been feeling in that moment as God's just downloading all of the stuff that has to get done. And we're going, oh, Lord, how are we going to pull this off? It's 1 Corinthians. It's mm -hmm. 12. It's the body of Christ. It's many members doing their part. Yeah. You know, 1 Corinthians 12 has a lot of meaning for me. Just now you are the body of Christ, it says in verse 27, and each one of you is a part of it. The eye cannot say to the hand, it says earlier, I do not need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I do not need you. And uh, I have to be honest, there's some people who aren't sure if they're the hand or the feet or, or, or what they're doing. Um, there are certain things that, that we all can do. And actually, one of the things I thought of even this morning is Nancy Glick, who's on here right now with us. Yeah. Nancy's at home, and she's in hospice. We're praying for you, Nancy. Yeah, she's in hospice right now, and we were talking the other day. And uh, she's like, well, I really want to get there. I really want to do this. And, and I said, one of the strongest, most powerful things that Nancy does is she prays. Amen. She's an intercessor. Yeah. And, and, and there is something so powerful in that. And some people have been gifted with that ability. And she is one of those people that is just steadfast in that way. And, and I thank God that she is who God's called her to be and that she's praying for me. Yeah. You know, I could pray for her, but she is also praying for me. Ted Byers. I'm sorry. I'm just calling people out yeah, today. Sorry. 
I, I just, it's the body of Christ, you know? It's, right. And when I'm thinking about the people in the church, the day, the day we buried his wife and had a funeral here, I was down in my office and I got the call that my wife's cancer seems to have spread. And he came back for a picture and I did not know he was in the building. And he came down and he found me crying here. And he said, what's wrong? And I said, no, no, I, did you enjoy the service? And like, just trying to like focus on him. And he said, no, tell me what's wrong. And I just broke down and I said, I just got this phone call. And I told him, that man prayed for me right there. That we just buried his wife and he's praying for my wife. That's what it looks like to be the church, to be the body of Christ, to, to be there for the right moments, to, to lift one another up, as it says in Galatians, to bear one another's burdens. Earlier in the morning, I was bearing his burden. In the afternoon, he was bearing mine. Yeah. And that's what it looks like to be in the body like that. Amen. Such a powerful, powerful experience to know that, uh, that you're undergirded. Yes. That people are with you. Uh, just such a powerful thought. And, and I want to encourage those of you that that maybe your role is more spiritual uh, and you don't feel like, man, there's a lot I can do practically. Uh, we're going to pray here at the end of this service together. As I mentioned earlier, whether you're in the room or online, we're going to pray together. And, and don't ever dismiss the power of the church praying together. Yes, We talked about this a couple weeks ago on Sunday night at our, at our annual meeting. The power of corporate prayer when we come together in agreement. And uh, I, was, I was reading in Philippians chapter 1, and uh, you, you mentioned earlier, you know, sometimes we feel like our hands are tied. You mm -hmm. know, Paul certainly felt like that in Philippians. He's writing from prison. His hands are tied and his feet are tied. <laughs> you know, the guy's incarcerated. He can't go anywhere. And, and Paul says something in Philippians chapter 1 that, man, it just hit me so This truth hit me so hard. He, he doesn't know. Here's the context. He's telling the church in Philippians 1, I don't know if they're going to let me go or if they're going to execute me. Like Literally, this is the context. Paul says, I'm not really sure if I'm going to live or if I'm going to die. And then he goes a little farther and he says, I don't even really know which one I want to happen, to be honest with you. <laughs> because to be absent from the body means to be in the presence of the Lord. Like if they kill me now, yeah. I'm not going to be in a prison. I'm not going to be beaten anymore. I'm not going to be shipwrecked anymore. I'm not going to be flogged or stoned. Like how many of you have a long list for heaven side category? Like, yeah, you know what? Heaven sounded pretty good <laughs> in February of 2021. Jesus come now, right? <laughs> so Paul's like, that would be awesome. But I also know if I stay here, the church is going to grow. Yeah. Because I have a, a fruitful ministry. And, and he's in that place in Philippians 1. He's going, I, I don't really know what, I, what I'm supposed to do. Here's the power of having partnership in prayer. He says at the end of Philippians chapter 1, verse 18, he says, yes. <clears throat> and I will continue to rejoice, verse 19. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out. For my deliverance. That's good. Think about this. He said, I, I know what's going to happen. And the reason I know is because I have the Spirit of God. But he said, I know through your prayers. Man, when I read that, as a pastor, I've had a lot of situations in the last year that I've just said, I don't know. Like, I don't know. What should we do next? How should we, how should we play this? How should we respond? I don't know. But when I thought about the, the reality that Paul's sitting in a prison going, I don't really know what tomorrow holds. I could live. I could die. But then he got clarity. And he said, I know I'm going to be delivered because of your prayers. Yeah. And I, it just became a prayer. I said, God, help me to know because the people are praying. Yes. Help me to know because the people of God are praying for their leaders, praying for their pastors. So I want to double back to that thought again and just say God has assigned people to help you, to help you practically. And we thank God for the ministry of helps and those that serve in this church, but also to help spiritually yes. and to hold up your arms in prayer and to come alongside you. Let's go to the last one. The fifth one is in the latter part of, of verse six. Verse six ends with these words. I have commanded you. I, he said, I gave him the ability to the skilled workers to make everything. And then he says right there at the end, I have commanded you. There's an I have statement you don't want to miss. In case you've been listening to all this, kind of looking for the motivator, there it is. 
I commanded you. We have the great commission to go into all the world to preach the gospel. Not the great suggestion. I commanded you. Yes. And so there's the motivation that your purpose, my purpose, it comes from God. God did not just save you to get you out of something. He saved you to call you into something. Yes. As Rick Warren famously said, you were formed for a family. God has a purpose, and, and I can tell you his purpose today is about his kingdom. It's about the kingdom of God. Yes. So I, I, I feel the need to just give pause and just let those words settle on us. If, if you're in a place of apathy in, in your service to the Lord, just kind of just going through the motions, you know? I mean, I logged in today, got to get some brownie points for that, right? I mean, <laughs> I could have gone out sledding this morning, but I'm paying attention. I'm having church. He's commanded you for a purpose. And as God's speaking to Moses, and I feel him speaking through me, he's saying, let the people know I've called them. I've chosen them. I filled them with the Holy Spirit. I gave them unique abilities, and I appointed other people to help them. But don't let them forget this. I commanded them. This is not optional. This is what your purpose is in the earth. And you'll know that purpose is gone when you breathe your last breath. So when you're like the Nancy Glicks who can't serve and, and, and do all the things she's done for years and years and years of the church, she knows she still has a purpose. Yes. There's breath in her body. God has a purpose for your life. Yes. And it's not optional. It's gonna bring you joy. It's gonna bring you satisfaction. It's, it's perfectly wired and, and knit into how God designed you, but it's not optional. Yeah, I love the words of Isaiah. When God says, who will go for me? kind of have to just ask that question today. Yeah. Who? Who will go for me? Here I am, Lord. Send me. You know what I, a picture is like? He did, He wasn't seeing all the other people who was checking the guy that was left. Like, are you going? Or, are, are you going? You know, like, no, it was him in a godly moment seeing the train of the Lord's robes fill the temple, yeah. this powerful picture in heaven, and it's him and God and saying, who will go for me? Who for go for me? You can't look at your neighbor for that answer. You have to make that decision. We're gonna take some time right now. We're gonna just respond to the word and we're gonna pray the word of God into our lives. I think this is a healthy practice for us. We're just gonna pray the word of the Lord into our lives and then we're gonna pray for some needs. And uh, Pastor Chris, you can kind of scroll through here and uh, I know some of you in, in the room are ready to pray. You've been seeing some of the comments. If you have a need today, you say, pray for me. Would you pray for me? We're going to take a few moments right now because technology allows it. God positioned us in the kingdom in this generation. Don't yes. be frustrated. Just be thankful. God's given us resources no other generation has ever had in the history of the church. So we want to connect with you right now where you're at. We want to pray for you. If nothing else, we want to just lift up your name. Let us know where you're at. Put your name there. Tell us we can pray for you. We want to just rally together. But first, let's ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Can we do that? Yes. Let's just bow our heads. Let's go before the Lord today. Father, we thank you today for the word that you had in mind for this moment. I had a plan. We thought it was football Sunday. I had a message that was totally different than this. But God, you never once wavered from your plan. You wanted to say something to us, and God, we want to hear it. We don't want to miss what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. God, help every believer today to know they have a unique purpose in the kingdom. They have a unique purpose for which you have ordained them. Lord, you chose them. From before the foundation of the world was laid, you predestined us. You chose us. God, I pray that every person that's listening to this message today would hear the call of God the call of a heavenly father saying you're mine you're my son you're my daughter listen the way that we receive that call is is by surrendering our lives to him If, if you if there's sin in your life it's the only thing that can keep you from God it's the only thing in your life no person no past Only your unwillingness to repent of your sin can keep you from God. If that's you today and you say, I I, I need to receive God's call on my life, just repent right now. Say, God, I I repent of my sins. Forgive me. Jesus, I want to be your son. I want to be your daughter. 
I want to answer the call and purpose that you have for my life. The life I'm living on my own hasn't brought the satisfaction I hoped it would. But I believe your plan is the best plan. So God, I hear your call today. Lord, help us to step in to your calling. God, for those of us that have been in relationship with you, we have experienced your spirit with us. God, would you fill us today with your Holy Spirit? Yes. Do a new work, Lord. Fill us again, even in my life, God. I, I, I don't want to... I don't want to burn the fumes of yesterday's experience. Your mercies are new today. Thank you. God, we want today our daily bread. We want today the portion that you have to fuel us and to, to make us your witnesses in the earth. God, fill your church today yes. with your Holy Spirit. Just ask him right now, Lord, would you fill me? Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your spirit, Lord. God, bring clarity to the works that you've called us to. Yes. Lord, you've given such unique abilities in the church. God, I thank, I thank you that you didn't call one person to carry it all. Yes. I thank you that you don't require any one of us to be the full expression of the kingdom. But God, as we partner together, as we join hands, as we come in unity, Lord God, the, the, the diversity of your grace on display as Ephesians 4 10 says God the work is going to get done through a a manifold demonstration of your grace Lord help us to tow our part of the line help us to see that you've called us uniquely you've given us abilities to serve you today and we're not called to do it alone God if there's any lone rangers out there that are just tuning in out of devotion to you but they're not a part of the body of Christ they're not an active participant in the work that you're doing God help us to see today how important it is to be a part of the body help us to see today how uniquely our gifts fit like, like a ball in a socket with the gifts of others in the body one is the hand, one is the foot, one is the eye but we need each other Jesus, you're not coming back for individuals. You're coming back for a church. Yes. God, help us to see today that we're not alone. Yes. Even as this church prays for those that are hurting, prays for those that are struggling, God, help them to see today that they're not alone. And God, give us a heart of surrender. Even as you spoke to Moses, I have commanded you, let today... Let it be a moment, Lord, where we put a stake in the ground. Say, from this day forward, God, I'm going to walk and surrender to your will. From this day forward, I'm going to obey your commands. I'm going to live out my purpose. Yes. God, help us to see that our purpose is now. It's not with delay. It's not with cancellation. You've never changed your plan. You called us to this generation for such a time as this. Yes. May we hear your voice and answer your call today in Jesus' name. Yes. Lord, I just lift up those who, even online right now, are feeling a dry season. Even Crystal Cassess right now, Lord, I just, I believe, Lord, that you want to uh, not only continue to fill them by your spirit, God, but but to give them wisdom and understanding for the season that they are in. Lord, I, pull, I pray that these moments that feel like dry seasons Thank would be you, the Lord. moment yes, where that the root system is actually growing deeper down into the soil yeah. to, to find the sustenance, to find the water, you, the ever-flowing streams that you have for us, Lord, by your spirit, God. Thank you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that those dry seasons would turn into a, an oasis, God, where they would sense and feel your presence again. Thank you, God, for Jeranita, Lord, who wants to just stay consistent, Lord, with what you're calling her to do. God, right now, I pray for consistency. God, I pray for people like the Ted Myers who will remain steadfast in every season, in every moment, Lord, will stay focused upon you, Jesus, when everything else wants to distract and pull us away from their kingdom purposes. God, I believe that there's people even right now, God, that you are drawing back in to your current, to your purpose, Lord to focus them in, Lord, because there's work to do. There's a kingdom to be advanced, and and the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And God, we want to say like Isaiah did, here I am, 
send me. God, for the Nancy Glicks and those, Lord, who, who feel like their hands are tied and they're not able to do something, God, today in this moment, God, would their prayers be powerful and effective? Because we know your word says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And the righteousness doesn't come from ourselves, but from the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Thank you, Lord, that you have robed us in righteousness. God, I pray, Lord, for, for the intercessors today to feel empowered, to feel strengthened, God. I pray, Lord, they'd prophesy. I pray, Lord, that they would, they would reach out to somebody. Even now, God, you've put somebody on their mind to reach out to, to love on, to, to pray for. God, would you give them words of wisdom and words of knowledge? God, even as Crystal Bolton just put on here, Lord, uh, for human trafficking, God, and for many of the other needs that we see all around us, they feel so big and they feel so uh, impossible, but we serve the God of the impossible. And God, I pray, Lord, that, that even our giving, Lord, towards these things would be multiplied, that we could put things in your kingdom economy and we'd see an impact that would far exceed our expectations, yes. God, yes. what we could think, ask, or imagine. God, I thank you, Lord, for those who, whose gifting is giving. God, I thank you for those who have been so generous, who have made ways where there were no ways before, that, Lord, money has not had them, but, but Lord, they have used it for kingdom purposes. And God, we know, Lord, that when we sacrifice to you, we see such great and mighty things as we surrender ourselves to your purposes, God. Give you thanks. Thank you, Lord God. I want to invite everybody in the room. Let's stand together. For those of you that are trekking with us online, it's so encouraging. We're looking down at our phones here and seeing about 70 other devices that are still just interceding and praying. Thank you for being a part of the church. Uh, I, I want, I just, as we prayed together, and you heard church family a couple weeks ago, me talk about that significance of corporate prayer. There's a scripture in Ezekiel that is very sobering. And I, I just want to end with this verse as, a, as an admonition for us to take up the mantle of prayer. In Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, the Lord speaks to Ezekiel and he says, I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. Yes. But I found no one. Mm. What a sad commentary on Ezekiel's generation. That God is saying the gap is that place between the God of the impossible and the impossible circumstance. Yes. And the eyes of the Lord are looking for a people that would stand in that spot. Yes. Not, not run back in you know, behind closed doors and just say, I, I just got to shut the world out. And not people that would be just sucked into the current of, of pop culture and, and lose their Christian identity, but those that would stand in the gap, those who would be at the crossroads. God's saying, who's going who's gonna to pray? Who's going to intercede? Who's going to stand there between what's going on in this world and what's going on in the kingdom? I looked, but in Ezekiel's generation, I found no one. May it never be said of us. Yes. May it be ne never be said of this community. May it never be said of this nation. Can we just commit today to say, you know what? We're going to stand in the gap. Yes. We're going to stand in the gap and we're going to intercede.